Hello, I'm Liam Thorpe from the Liverpool Echo, and today we're launching a new podcast, and it's all about everything that goes on in the city of Liverpool. We're calling it Stories from the City, and our aim is to get each month a prominent character from the city to come in, talk to us openly, tell us what drives them, let us know how the city works for them and what affects them in their day-to-day lives. So we thought we'd start small with none other than the Mayor. The Mayor of Liverpool, Joe Anderson, I'm delighted to say, has joined us for the first and inaugural episode of Stories from the City. How are you, Joe? I'm great, fine, thank you. Thank, I was just asking when was the last time you were, you were in this office, do you remember when that was? I think only a few months ago, probably around about seven, eight months ago. Um, I, I, I often pop in to see uh, Ali or, or um, any any of the team, um, so it was a few months ago, yeah, it's always a hive of activity, but yeah. um, I've noticed that the numbers of staff have reduced, obviously, as uh, the Echo's more digital and yeah. online, but uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. What's your your relationship with the Echo? Did you did you grow up reading it? Yeah, I mean the Echo was always uh, a big part of Liverpool life. Uh, you know, I think the Echo is a a fantastic journal, especially when it's campaigning and and um, you know arguing Liverpool's cause. You know, I, I grew up with the Echo. Uh, as I said, many uh, days I've delivered it. You know, in terms of uh, around where I used to live. You actually in, delivered in, it on your yeah, on yeah, bike. in in Kent Gardens. We used to. Uh, go to uh, Hannaway's on, on Park Lane and, and, and pick up echoes to be delivered uh, and deliver them and uh, that's where we used to queue up as well waiting for the drop off of the pink yeah. uh, the yeah. pink echo um, which we waited for um, you know especially if Everton was playing away uh, we'd wait and it'd get delivered around about 6 o'clock the van would just pull up and out would throw this bundle of pink echoes <laughs> And there'd be a big mad scramble to get them before they were all sold out. So yeah. it was a very popular paper, but I remember it, um, uh, you know, well. And and when it had a bigger circulation, of course, obviously the population of the city um, was, you, you know, when I grew up, fifties. Uh, I was born in '58, so in the '60s, the early '60s, it used to sell a lot more. But of course, there was a lot more people in in Liverpool and the the city region. So yeah, it's always been a, a, a you know, an important part of the city. And um, long may that continue. Did you ever think when you were delivering it back in the day that you'd you'd be seeing your, your own face on it as the as the leader? Well, the I always I always make the quip that I don't mind being in the echo as long as it's not in the debts column. So <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm happy to to be in it. Sometimes not so happy, uh, depending on what the echo is reporting. But uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, there. but but no, it's it, it, it's good. It's uh, as I said to be part of the news uh, in a sense of you know being the mayor of Liverpool which is the best job in the world uh, means that you know the Echo's interested in the city as well as I am uh, for all the right reasons and, and as I said you know I hope and, and wish it well I hope it, uh, it continues for a long time and you still you still get it every day in the queue now don't you yeah we do yeah and even when I'm not in work and stuff whatever we buy it buy it on Saturday and a Sunday um, and um, as I said you know sometimes um, yeah, well, I remember some of the characters that, that used to write for the Echo uh, over, over the many years. Uh, I mean, uh, Paddy Shannon's 93 now. Yeah, Paddy, so yeah, he's, he's, he's working he's, with a walking stick he's, now, actually. He's yeah. been here since he was, he was 14, <laughs> when, he, when he left school, when he was 14. He was delivering it, he just came um, in. Yeah. But I remember some of the, you know, the political GNOs and, and, and stuff that have, have, have written uh, for the Echo over the years, and, and indeed some of the editors as well, so I go back a long way. Now, people often ask me, you know, with with someone like yourself, who's such a, a, a visible and an important figure in the city, how do we sort of address the balance of 
both holding you to account and mm-hmm. you know having a, a relationship there. And, and it's, I think it's fair to say me and you have had ups and downs, and you know generally we've, we've got on well. But you've always said to me that from your perspective, it's you don't you don't sort of require anything from mm-hmm. a journalist, but it's just to be treated fairly. That's all you ask for, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, but most people um, were. In this role, I think one of the things that you have to establish very, very quickly, especially as as the mayor of the city and and uh, you know as a as a you know a leader of uh, the council and a leader of the city, is that you can't please everybody. But what you have to do is is an- analyze things, assess things, and try to make the decision that's in the best interest of the city. And that's what I do every day. And of course, you're not going to please everybody. Um, but you know, the fact of the matter is, is one thing that frustrates me is that lots of people who do make criticisms make those criticisms without fully understanding the reasons why we do things and the reasons why there's a need for us to do things in in, in the way that we've done. And you know, I, I, a lot of it, you know, uh, is hateful that you know some of the things that get said and the, the things that I've been you know accused of. Um, and you know, I, I, I guess you know a lot of people say, "Oh, well, that comes uh, with but the you job." You feel it, don't you? you feel it. Well, it, do, it doesn't come with the job because it does hurt you. You know, yeah. if people think that you, you know you're doing that, you know, people. I, I mentioned this, you know, last year. I remember being at a meeting and two elderly women come up and asked me, "Do, do, do I live in a red row house in Wilton?" You know, and, and you know, clearly I live in an old swan terraced house and I've done for you know yeah. 21 years with another four years left on my mortgage and you know that's um, that's where I live that's who I am but you know it's that type of um, misrepresentation and, and uh, you know that, that frustrates you but look I, I know the vast majority of people are, are delighted with what we're doing and what we're trying to do but I guess it's only when you know your time is up that p- people judge you but I mean I've often said that if people uh, look at where we are as a city in terms of what we've done, what we've achieved. Despite you know, when I became leader in two thousand and ten, uh, the challenges that we faced. You know, we had more or less like one hundred and thirty million pound. That was more in debt what I had to pick up than than what we got in council tax. And then on top of that, I had the government cuts. And people need to understand that between two thousand and ten to two thousand and twenty, we'll have lost five hundred and forty million. It's about fifty-eight percent of our uh, our funds, and if the Echo had that, you know, did be closed, did it closed yeah. a long time ago? I wouldn't have a job. Uh, exactly, and 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 that applies to many organisations. So what we've been able to achieve and what we've done, I think, is 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 remarkable, and not only uh, you know managing the finances of the city, but also being able to deliver the jobs, the, the new housing, the you know the decisions that we've made and, and supported. Uh, new growth, new businesses has been uh, again used the word remarkable. It really has. We're, we're, we're held up um, by people as a model and an example of how to do invest to win um, and you know create new new jobs and new opportunities. And I keep saying to people that's exactly what we have to do because they've got you know serious challenges. We have got many many challenges. We've got thirty million a year for the next three years. And you know, as I'm sitting here talking to you, you know, I've been discussing this morning an eight million pound overspend in, in in children's services. So that means that we've got thirty eight million to find by, yeah. by by April. So you know, that that job of, of trying to manage and balance the books with extra demands being placed on us continues. But you know, we we are open for business. We're we're d- definitely ambitious, and and the plans that we've got are exciting. 
And I keep saying that those challenges that we face are, are outweighed by the opportunities that we have, and that remains the case. With all that in mind, and, and the, the sort of the position the city is in now, and all against the backdrop of, as you say, severe Tory cuts, do you do you find it confusing why you do get that sort of level of criticism from people? Well, yeah, I do because I think people actually think that you know they're a little bit blasé without. You know that that's that's where the frustration comes in from the journalism perspective. You know they don't understand either, uh, or forget conveniently forget those challenges. You know I'm I'm reminding people about thirty million to find up until April next year, thirty million a year after, and thirty million on top of what we faced. Now at the end of the day, people think that you know because we're doing remarkably well and doing things that you know Joe's kidding here or Joe's not telling us the truth or Joe's what? Well, people can come in and have a look at the books in the city, and I've said that to government ministers to actually see the reality of life within the council with ever diminishing funding, but ever increasing demands for services and and, and need for funding, and and it does frustrate me when when people see uh, and criticise us for. You know, doing things that is about generating new money or income, because if without that we can't pay for the services. I keep reminding people, you know, there's a dead, dead simple, um, if you like, fact and forget that people just need to remind themselves. When I became leader in 2010, we used to spend on adult social care, just adults, adult social care, 222 million pounds. That's what we used to spend. Two, 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 three little ducks in a row. Two, two, two. Dead easy to remember. That's what we used to spend. Today, that's down to about 158 million pounds, and we only receive in council tax 134 million pounds. So, if people just bear that in mind, then they understand. You know, hang on, this man's. And the council, not just me, the council and the people that I work with have done a great job in keeping this city afloat and on track and, and delivering in the way that we are and protecting services in the way that we're doing as well. Um, and just the last one on the on the sort of dealing mm-hmm. with the criticism, because it's such a high-pressured job, mm-hmm. um, you know, is, is the hardest bit when, when, say, your family see things that, that are said or are written about you? How, yeah, do, they, how I, do they cope with it? I, I mean, when, when, you know, I mean, I, I've... I've had demonstrations outside my house. I've had, you know, abuse shouted at me when I've been with my grandson in Old Swan. You know, somebody's been giving me a hard time. I, you know, I, I've had things sent to me and, and threats made to me and stuff, what have you. But, you know, th- th- that's um, uh, that's regrettable and, 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 you know, unfortunate. But the vast majority of people, I think, in the city do understand you know, how hard I work and what I try to do. And, you know, I, I, look, I'm in the best job in the world. I wouldn't give that job up for, 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 for anybody. I love it. I get excited every day when I come into work. Have you ever, be, come, ever come close to giving it up? I've, I've had some difficult times. I mean, the health uh, problems that I've faced and stuff when I've been, you know, the, my own you know, people, consultants and stuff that I work with tell me that the pressure and the press... The, the pressure that I'm under doesn't help. Um, so, yeah, sometimes you do think of that. But, you know, as I said, the rewarding things are being able to, like, you know, build 14 new schools, you know, 20,000 enough kids now in, in this city are in brand new schools. Government took 350 million away from us and we were innovative and creative in building those schools and using our, our intelligence to uh, find a solution. And we did and we have and we haven't used PFI funded. Uh, to build any of those schools. But you look at the jobs that we've created, the 8,000 houses, 3,000 refurbished homes, you know, homes for a pound, the new housing company that was starting off, 
you know, if you look at uh, Edge Lane and development that's going on, two and a half thousand jobs, Project Jennifer, we're looking at uh, Stonebridge Cross, you look at Anfield Village, you look at Norris Green now, no one calls it the Boot Estates anymore, it's a village. You know, I could go on and on, King's Dock, uh, what we're doing down there, we're looking at Bramley Moor, the prospects for Bramley Moor and the 10 streets. The, the, you know, if, if we look at the Baltic Triangle and what's being developed and what's been going on down there, despite all of the funding challenges we're investing in our roads and infrastructure, uh, you know, and all of those things that we've done is, is just, I think, lost in, uh, in people's mindsets and they want to focus on some of the negative things. And I think, you know, that, that, that is a, a frustration being in the job that people can't see through that and they just forget about them. And you look at... You know, look at the things that we've done next year, 18 for 18, 10 years since we've had Capital of Culture. We're doing uh, events next year that actually knock Capital of Culture into a cocked ass. It'll be better than Capital of Culture here. And if you look at what we've done with, you know, the three queens, I'm, I'm sitting in, uh, in in the building here and I can see all the posters with the three queens and stuff, whatever, and what it did for the city. You know, I'm looking at the skyline and what, what we've done for the city, the Pullman Hotel, the new convention centre. Uh, you know, as we speak, the work starting on the new cruise line, the terminal, the Isle of Man are building a new uh, a new terminal uh, next to it. Massive, massive uh, new infrastructure taking place. Paddington Village, um, in terms of 30 acres of land that we've acquired under a mayoral development zone that we're building on, going to create thousands of jobs, you know. Um, and the investment that's taking place, you know, we're getting massive amounts of investments and opportunities being created by the city. So there's a lot going on, but people will still want to focus on, you know, the glass being half empty. Yeah. But, but I guess that, that that's, you know, um, that's the people, the minority of people that are the vociferous minority that, you know, want to get the, the, the lessons into the echo and want to get, you know, the comments against what, we, what we're doing and what we're trying to do. It's, it's safe to say it's been a, an up and down year for you. Know, obviously, there's been a couple of occasions where you've you've put yourself out quite publicly as a you know involved mm-hmm. in both mm-hmm. the Metro Mayor nomination yeah. Yeah. and and for MP. Mm-hmm. Has it been a bruising year for you? I mean, have you you've taken a few? I think hits? I think as I said, you know, I I, I will um, you know uh, when I get an opportunity and and slow down and when I uh, stand aside, I'll get the opportunity to put on paper. Uh, my uh, thoughts and comments around about both of those uh, about both of those things, yeah. Um, and, and you know, I'll I'll say uh, a lot more about those uh, in in writing and about the role of individuals and people uh, and how uh, you know things were done to me. But you know, that's not for now. Um, the reasons why I wanted to do those two particular posts were for the right reasons. Uh, one was to take the fight to uh, central government around uh, what's happening in the city and Bolton um, and you know as I said look a, a panel uh, made up of uh, officials from the unions made that, that that decision and what happened with the metro you know I'm proud of the fact that I brought the combined authority to life uh, helped set it up uh, helped get it un- uh, unleashed if you like uh, and also created the opportunity for devolution uh, to come to the city I've been arguing for uh, devolution to happen and a combined authority and a metro governance arrangement for the last 18 years it didn't just happen overnight it wasn't a Damascus road conversion for me it's something that I passionately believe in taking power from central government so I'll have more to say of that but yeah look these things uh, I, I don't uh, uh, hold any uh, grudges uh, and I'm certainly not going to be held back uh, 
uh, I'm ambitious for the city. I've got big, big plans for the city, and we'll get on with delivering that. And it's not just um, you know about me. I'm proud of the team that we've got. Uh, not just elected councillors in the cabinet, but also officers that work for the council. You know, we've lost three thousand jobs that work for us, and we're asking them to do so much more uh, with less. But they are stepping up to the plate and doing that, and so. I'm delighted with the response that we're getting. So I'm looking forward to the future. Because I, I don't know if this is the case, but I, I felt that you, after, after say, the, the latest you know, incident with the, like, mm-hmm. with, the, with, the, with the Metro Mayor election in, in June, you sort, of, you sort of went almost back to, back to basics and started doing the thing that, that you loved in the first place, which was being Mayor of Liverpool, and you kind of just decided to well, get yeah, on I with mean, it. I mean, the, the, you know, it was a busy time leading up to uh, the uh, mayoral elections, not... not least because of me standing in that but also about still making sure that we uh, negotiated the deal for um, the, the metro deal the metro um, devolution deal that I negotiated with the other leaders and so there was a lot of things going on there were a, a lot of uh, plans and of course uh, since then you know we, we were uh, we ploughed on with the Commonwealth Games bid we decided to go for that and went for it and stuff it was a fantastic bid uh, still disappointed that uh, the government uh, preferred to uh, back Birmingham, even though it's a non-compliant bid, and ours was, and there's still a long way to go yet. But, you know, we did all of that, and we got on with that. And yeah, Look, at the end of the day, the reasons why I wanted to do the two jobs were not because I wanted to give up this job. It was because I believed that I was had the ability to make those things happen in a better way. And even the, uh, the you know, the Walton MP's position... You know, the fact of the matter is, is that if uh, the constituent members, the members of the Walton constituency would have had a vote, I'm sure it would have been a different outcome, but it wasn't and other people did. And as I said, I still will have more to say on that subject when I uh, step aside. Yeah, I think your, your memoirs will be a good read, won't they? Well, uh, <laughs> I, I certainly won't hold back, that's for sure. <laughs> well, that, well, that's the, the thing I was going to come on to next, because you, you don't hold back. And one of the reasons why I think we, we do... You know, cover you so much and write mm-hmm. about you so much is because you, you you usually have something of interest or something of note to mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you've got your, your your PR guys there with you. Do they ever get frustrated when you when you just say exactly what you think sometimes? Um, well, if they do, it's tough because <laughs> um, yeah. I'm not going to change. You know, I wear my heart on my sleeve and I say what I say. And and you know, um, I, the reality is is that that you know when you're passionate about about something and you're passionate about the city in the way I, I, I am you know I, I will always uh, have something to say um, and, and especially you know around how our city is treated by uh, central government you know but that, that said I also recognize that we have to be pragmatic we have to be realistic that we have to work with the central government otherwise we don't get uh, anything and to you know bury our head in the sand as some people suggest and you know, uh, let's have a fight with government and try and bring them down on our own is just nonsense, and that's why we will, you know, talk to them and communicate with them. But yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I never um, usually regret anything that that, that I've said. Um, I, I've said it usually with a bit of bit of thought yeah. um, before before I say it. I don't just um, you know put my mouth uh, into action without putting my brain in gear. Yeah, but but it, I suppose like a lot of politicians are accused of. You know, I mean, there'll be many that I call, and mm-hmm. they won't want to say anything immediately. That then I'll get a prepared statement on email every single time, and and it, it sometimes just rings a bit false. Do you think it's better to kind of to speak no, from the heart? No, it's really? like it's like the the fishwife comments that are made against Mayor Juarez. Yeah. You know, look at the end of the day, um, I've uh, actually 
um, likened it to, um, you know, you go back years in this city. You know, that's a phrase that was used very, very commonly um, to describe somebody that was, you know, very uh, noisy, very vociferous and stuff. And so, you know, I, the, the, that was a, a full-blown story in, in the Echo and, and I think on, on local media. Do I regret it? No, I don't. Uh, would I say it again? Yes, I, I would. <laughs> Will I say it again? Probably. So, so you know, at the end of the day, yeah. that's uh, that, that's me, and that's where I come from. That's who I am, and and that's you know, look, I always remember Roger Phillips on on Radio Merseyside asking me a question and saying, you know, um, is it statesmanlike or whatever? Well, look, at the end of the day, I am who I am, yeah. and uh, there's no ways and graces about me. I am what I am. You know, I, I'm a working class lad. Uh, self-educated, who's love, who loves my city, who's passionate about my city, uh, who, who will spill blood for my city, and, and will do uh, uh, and fight anybody to to, to uh, who says anything against my city. And so, that's it. You know, what what you see is what you get, and 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 that's it. You know, and as I said, some of that comes with warts, but you know, uh, my heart's in the right place because all I want is what's in the best interest of this city. And, I mean, I can't imagine you're ever really giving it up, but, but when when the day comes that you do, is the dream to be able to, the ambition to be able to look around and, and just and just be proud of, of the place that you've that you've looked after for Well, I, I, even now, you know, there's little things that, that I'm proud of that has happened and I know that, that, that you know, um, they wouldn't have happened uh, only for, for my direct intervention and, and for me doing things as I said look I could have easily walked away from the fact that we'd had the 350 million for building schools for the future taken away from us I could have easily just said look to the secondary heads look I'm sorry governments took that money it's not for me to find the solution it's not for me to, to to look at doing doing anything with regard to schools I want to get on with doing something else so when I drive around and I see those schools and I talk to the head teachers you know the head teachers come up a head teacher and some kids come up to see me at the remembrance service on, on Sunday and you know tears in their eyes and he was telling me about how wonderful the school was and thank you so much and he had, he had six formers in, in year 10 and 11s with them and they were all you know praiseworthy of having their brand new school so you know those things you know I mean even little things like as you drive round by Canopy Street Police Station and you look towards the Albert Dock there used to be a big wall there and you couldn't see the Albert Dock and I got the wall took down and we've created a, a, a nice walkway through I get proud when I see that you know whether it's that or buildings that we've saved the tobacco warehouse you know that that wouldn't have happened uh, without our investments the loft hotels the exchange streets uh, old uh, Royal Insurance building that's now a hotel wouldn't have happened without us we're in the Cunard building we own one of the three graces it's nearly paid for us only next 18 months left and, and it's paid we're now getting two million pound a year all of the revenue that we're bringing in eight million pound new revenue every single year new revenue with the eight thousand houses that we've built the refurbished houses and the homes for a pound what's going on as i said in edge lane look up the booster state for the, for the booster state was laughed at so was anfield the regeneration of anfield and the conundrum of liverpool football club's ground it wouldn't have been built without me intervening and making sure that it did because i gave the, the owners a decision to make either relocate to stanley park or stay where you are and crack on with it. And I gave them two years. It's moved on. We now got a new stand. But the houses that are being built there, knocked into one, a new village being set up there. It's fantastic project, Jennifer. Again, locked in legal battles. 
I solved those legal battles and actually banged heads together to get where we are. So, you know, I get excited about all of the things that I've seen, but the developments, and I could go on. You know, I really could. What we've done around, uh, you know, the Baltic Triangle, what we're doing with the 10th Street. Hopefully we can bring Bramley Moor to life and stuff and whatever and crack on with that. Uh, but so how, how, how is that going at the moment, the Bramley Moor? Yes, you, you get a bit of stick from Reds fans about that as well, don't you? Well, yeah, in a joking way. Look, yeah. at the end of the day, I'd be putting the same effort in to try to do a deal on that dock if it was Liverpool Football Club yeah. because it's so important for the city you know this is we're talking about the regeneration look the, the, the Peel land deal people have to remember was over a 25-30 year period if we can get you know the Bramley Moor site with a new stadium on it it kickstarts the whole regeneration so instead of just having a 25-30 year it'll yeah. actually condense that and accelerate growth uh, into about 10, 15 years and create thousands of jobs and put our city, you know, uh, again out there as one of the, having one of the best waterfronts. And I think, you know, the plans and the things that I've seen uh, for the stadium are fantastic. And, you know, it'll accelerate the 10th Street, it'll bring back to life some parts of the North Docks area. Um, and it, and it's, it'll be a catalyst, not not just for North Liverpool, but for the whole of the city. People have got to remember what we get in business rates and stuff. We need more business growth and more business rates to pay for the services that we want. And that's why it's important that uh, we don't wrap our city up in aspect and we actually, you know, crack on with it. And that's why, you know, I, I, the criticisms that people made of us around the World Heritage Site, I never, ever said, I've never, never, ever said, take your certificate back, we don't want it. Never ever said that. What I said was, come and have a look and see what we've done. We've spent half a billion pounds on protecting buildings. Half a billion pounds. People don't even know it cost us two and a half million to protect the town hall. You don't know that. Nobody writes about it or says, you know, bloody hell, they spent two and a half million on the outside of the town hall. That's what we've had to find and pay. Over half a billion pounds we've spent on protecting heritage within this city. So when people in organisations from afar who haven't visited the city or when individual councillors for once and their own political ends want to have a go at us, then they need to wake up and smell the coffee. We've done more to protect and nourish, nurture and support and secure our heritage in this city than any other council, despite the cash challenges that we face. So, you know, as I said, we will deliver on that site and it will be wonderful for the city. How much would it would a blow it be if if the World Heritage status was lost? Well, I, I, look at the end of the day, I don't want to talk in a negative way about losing it, but I'd simply say, look, when people come to Liverpool, they don't come to you know, people don't wake up in the morning in in you know Switzerland or, or China or America and say, oh, let's have a look at the list of World Heritage sites that we've got to go and visit. They go and visit because they want to see wonderful cities, they want to see vibrant cities, they want to see cities that are breathe and living and developing and that's what we are and so you know uh, our, look we're European capital culture nobody can take that away from us because of our buildings you know but we've got sport and heritage we've got music heritage we've got a fantastic river and we've got fantastic buildings and that won't be taken away because somebody removes that particular tag but does that mean to say that I'm not concerned about it or I don't want it of course I want it and I'm concerned about losing it I'd like to keep it but at the end of the day you know we will continue to do what's right for the city and right for the people that live here not right for what other people think so we talked about 
Bramley Moor. I'm interested in your your, your history with Everton. Mm-hmm. How much, how big a part has that club been in your life, sort of growing up and, and from then onwards? Did you used to go as as a, as a youngster? Yeah, massively uh, important as as a youngster growing up in Liverpool in a soccer mad city. You know, my family were all uh, Evertonians, and and so I. Uh, started watching Everton when I was about eight years of age, uh, nine years of age. I went to the boys' pen. Um, I used to work on on a lemonade round uh, called Cartmels. Uh, used to deliver around on a screen when I was about nine, ten. Uh, my brother used to work, and I used to go with him um, and help deliver lemonade um, on a Thursday, but on, on on a Saturday, Saturday mornings. And we used to deliver lemonade in Norris Green. Uh, and Joe Royal lived in, in Norris Green and his mum um, and his dad and um, and I used to go in and see Joe's trophies Joe, in them days they used to get picked up by the other players so I would get Joe's autograph and the other players out Kendall, Alan Ball, uh, different players and it used to cost I think one and six to go in the boys pen and Joe's mum uh, used to give me two bob uh, for those who are listening, who don't remember what two <laughs> is that actually fifty p? It's actually no. It's 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 it's, uh, it, it's very. It's like a quarter of fifty p if you if you like. It's half a crown was two and six, but two bob was like a ten pence piece wow. in the old in the old days. So I'm learning something. Um, yeah, yeah, and um, I used to be able to get the bus then, the twenty bus from Park Lane to County Road. And then walk up to the boys' pen on the back of, of what I used to get off Joe's mum, but off what I used to get off the the guy who run the the, the van, the lemonade. So yeah, I mean, even then when I went away to see, you know, I was always tuning into World Service to listen how Everton got on and stuff, whatever. And uh, you know, I, I, I've been a season ticket holder for you know many many years, and my kids, uh, well, we're not kids anymore. Uh, the youngest is twenty three. Um, have all been fans and have all got season tickets all go to watch the, the match but all the family do as well so big part of um, you, you know my uh, upbringing and my, my life if you like always yeah. uh, being a passionate Everton and it's picked up a little bit recently I, I think th- the plan is to put this podcast out on Sunday I'm not exactly sure what time but mm-hmm. uh, it could be it could be uh, just the next bit could be more difficult or easier to say um, it's going to yeah. be it's going to be tough isn't it well, of course it, it will be I mean if you look at you know uh, Everton and where we are in, in the table if somebody would have said to me you know, um, a week ago, um, listen, you know, in the next three games, you're going to pick up six points out of nine. Would you take that? Of course I'd take it. So I'm not expecting uh, any great shakes against uh, Liverpool. Liverpool are a, a far better confident team at the moment. And uh, we've got to recognise that. But derbies are derbies and, and, you know, anything can happen. Um, and um, if you, uh, you know, if you things get a little bit of luck as well then then you know things can change and of course we've drawn Liverpool in January in the FA Cup third round so that's not yeah. going to be uh, good but you know I've seen derbies where we weren't expected to win and we've won and I've seen derbies where we were expected to win where we've got stuffed uh, and it depends on who wants it more and it depends about the passion and the commitment that you give so if ever Big Sam's got a decent uh, decent record at Anfield well he has but then you know um, as I said so did uh, other uh, captains uh, sorry managers and, and, and uh, have good records but the reality is the team's very low on confidence you know it's getting picked up there's definitely a talent there but there's definitely some players missing as well our back four is probably good 
you know, join up for the Chelsea pensioners in terms of the, that 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 old, and and you know, we need somebody up front uh, who can play up front for us and and, and score goals. Donald Calvert Lewin is a young lad; he's learning his trade, and he will get better and he will be a class act. But you know, at the moment, he could do with someone alongside him. How did you? A lot of people I spoke to were deeply unhappy at Allardyce as, as a choice. I've been completely honest. Were you, were you happy with him? Um, no, if, if I'm honest about, about it, no. I, but then, then again, I wasn't either completely, totally negative against him. Um, you know, I'm very much of the, of the view that you know we need to uh, have uh, somebody that can. Um, be long term that can get in and stay for a while and, and, and change things and look at you know what we're doing with the younger teams and stuff whenever now we blend that work in and, and, and get a decent style of play a bit in between you know what Allardyce will do what Cooman was trying to do and, and what Martinez did you know that blend of playing football but being steely as well and I want somebody to actually be able to create that. So I wasn't against uh, Allardyce. I think it's going to be interesting because he's never had money or a decent team to work with, and now he's got both. So let's see, you know, what happens. I'm hopeful the always uh, the uh, Evertonians are, you know, uh, always the eternal optimist because we've <laughs> yeah, on many occasions very <laughs> yeah exactly we've had very little choice other than that. But no, I think there's a bright future. I, I you know I've met. Uh, Mashiri, um, you know, plenty of times. Bill Kenwright is is just so passionate about the club, and you know, I, I sometimes wonder a little bit about the criticisms that he gets. You know, I mean, um, you know, they they were kicking off because of Cumin, and yet the majority of fans wanted Cumin, so he gave them Cumin, and then they wanted rid of Cumin, so he got rid of Cumin, and then you know, football fans so are exactly very fickle, fickle and that's because we, you know, we hate to go, you know, it ruins your, your weekend and it ruins, you know, your day when you go to watch your team, yeah. and not only did he get beat, but I don't mind getting beat as long as they perform, uh, and you can see hope, yeah, yeah, but if you can't see hope and you can't see prospects, then it's frustrating. With the Bramley Morrissey, just a, a, a comment I often see and I mean, imagine mainly from from Liverpool fans is why is why is Joe bankrolling the Toffees new stadium? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just wondering if you want to clarify that. Are you bankrolling the Toffees new stadium? Well, what we've said is dead dead clear. You know, I, these are the same people that said that we shouldn't uh, get engaged with Everton on Finch Farm. We bought Finch Farm and we now rent it back to Everton and we make hundreds of thousands of pounds profit every year. Profit that goes in to support our services that we need. So these people uh, don't now re- regret those comments and say to me, you know, Joe, what a wonderful you know commercial thing you've done because you're using that money in a socialist way and paying for services. But that's what we've done with everything and invest to earn. And if I can borrow dead cheap and lend it to someone and get a, a return, Uh, from a commercial company then that's what we'll do and you know look if we uh, lend directly or guarantor uh, act as guarantor for Everton's uh, new stadium then it'll be done because it's the right thing for Liverpool uh, and that as a city it won't be done because it's the right thing for Everton football and it won't be done because you're an Everton fan and it won't be done because I'm an Everton (laughs) fan but but, you know that listen I you know for me I I say this and I say this to, to everybody you know um both clubs I want successful. I want um, Liverpool to finish second, uh, and obviously you, you can imagine who I want to finish first. Man United. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> that you would say that, wouldn't you? But, but, but the reality is I want both clubs to be successful for the city. Yeah. And, and if it was Liverpool Football Club that were talking to me about doing a financial deal 
with them that made the city money, I'd be doing it. And it doesn't matter to me whether they're red or blue. It's right for the city. And uh, and if it's right for the city, then we'll do it. If it isn't, then we won't do it. Well, fair enough. Well, I think one thing uh, people might be interested to know is what it's sort of like, you know, in your role in a tip- sort of typical day. Because is it right you get in very early in the morning, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm what time you normally up for? Usually first thing. First thing I do is have a cup of coffee and read the Echo at the desk. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and does and, that dictate the day sometimes? Well, it does actually, yeah. yeah. Uh, sometimes it gets uh, you know, put immediately in the bin or lashed <laughs> a, a, across the table, depending uh, on what your, what mood you've been in during the week. Uh, so, you know, uh, I do that. And then I'll have usually read me papers and stuff. That is, you know, what I've got on that, that day. Um, I drive uh, in and, and park up and then uh, walk to the office. Uh, as I said, have a coffee and have a tea. And yeah, sometimes I'm there till eight uh, at night. Sometimes I'm there till five or four. It depends. Uh, it's a very mixed bag. Um, you know, often I'm away. Sometimes I'll be travelling on a Sunday to go to a meeting in London uh, of a Monday. Uh, you know, Manchester in Manchester at nine o'clock tomorrow. Uh, so you know those things happen, and you have to, um, you know, you have to get on with that. Yeah. But, I imagine yeah. you have a lot of people coming in, a lot of different types of people coming in to visit you. Is that right? Well, yeah, you do, and, and and sometimes things happen that that you have to deal with. So you can have you know plans to deal with things today, and um, but there'll be something that crops up, there'll be something that happens, there'll be something that needs an emer- emergency or urgent response, if you like, or, or something that you've got to do, or something that you've got to respond to. So you know, it, it's a uh, uh, no days the same, um, and um, does it go really fast? The days it does, in actual fact, it does, yeah. Um, and the the fact is, I've always got something to do. Um, there's always uh, whether it's you know planning ahead or thinking through uh, things and how you do things. And the fact of the matter is, is that's that's the best way to be. You know, um, I'm a very hands-on. You know, the, I, when I became leader in in 2010, I said the job needed to be done full time. You know, being part time and, and doing a full time job somewhere else and not having control over what's going on is no way to run. You know, we have a like one point three billion pound turnover. We employ six and a half thousand people. Not to mention uh, eighty councillors. Uh, well, to keep yeah, in check. well, well, yeah, and and so all of that and the businesses and all the things that we do and all the connections and people want to see it. Yeah. And then you know we get constantly invited to go to places abroad and stuff and to speak at conferences and I don't do any of those things unless there's a benefit to the city, you know I won't attend anywhere unless there's a direct benefit. But that's the same with having uh, meetings with people as well. If there's a direct benefit to be had for the city, then that's exactly why we'll go ahead and do it. You know. So uh, did you always want to be the leader? Do you know, in, in, in truth, the, the answer to that is yes, and that was because that's no disrespect to people, because I felt that I could turn the fortunes of the Labour Party round in Liverpool. Um, when I became leader, we had, I think, 19 councillors, um, and we were in opposition, and, you know, uh, the, the, the Liberal Democrats were running the city, and, and other than the capital of culture, I can't really put my hand on anything else they done right. My dad used to say it was fair coat and no knickers, and that's exactly what they were. They left us with massive debt. Uh, there was nothing that, that, you know, the PFI schemes and the money that they, they, they left to me to pick up the pieces. Capital of culture, people don't realise the amount of bill, the bill that we picked up for that. There was what we call single status, equal pay. Uh, it wasn't sorted by them. That was 60-odd million pounds. 
the housing market renewal, you know, the den leader of the council uh, described what was left in, 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 in the city as a war zone. So we had to inherit all that and pick all of that up. And so, you know, I knew that I could make a difference. And if I'm honest, there was too much squabbling in the Labour Party at the time um, between different factions. And I knew I could sort that out. I knew that I could reinvigorate the party again to campaign better, to win back control. And, you know, one of the things that I, I've tried to do is bring a new, if you like, uh, integrity to, to politics, that if you say something and you promise you're going to do it, do it. And that's why we've delivered on our manifesto commitments on every single one of them and much, much more. And, you know, I'm ambitious for the city and we've got so much more to do. Um, and that's why, you know, when we talk about, you know, am I disappointed about, well, no, because I don't get a chance to be disappointed or, or to think about those things because I'm constantly thinking of the next thing to do and what we're going to do to get ourselves through the difficult challenges that we face. So, um, you know, as I said, onwards and upwards. Now, you're, if you don't mind me saying, mm-hmm. you'll be 60 in January? 60, right? yeah. yeah. Have you got any big plans? For my birthday? Yeah. Well, everybody keeps trying I'll get you to a cake, get, obviously. Yeah, every, right. well, I'm looking forward to that. And, and now that you that's on tape, we'll... Uh, <laughs> it's we'll, going to be a front we'll, page we'll, of the echo. We'll remind you of that. <laughs> um, no, I mean, people, you know, I've got a big family, a big extended family. I've got four kids and I've got grandkids. Uh, and Marg's and she works uh, 12-hour shifts. And, you know, we're trying to plan something about maybe going away for a couple of days. Uh, the kids keep asking me, you know, they want to plan for me to go whatever and I just want to to be honest with you stay at home and have a, and have a couple of days but I might go away with, with Marg um, or, or we might have a few drinks with, with people and stuff whatever but uh, nothing special uh, planned because I mean I always thought that 65 was when, when people uh, made plans to have big parties, not 60. But I keep getting told, no, that's not the case. 60 is the new 65, I think. That's well, and I, and, I, and I think the way they look at me, they, they, they're sort of grateful that any birthday I achieve <laughs> now is, is, is a good thing. That's only the family, by the way. Yeah, many, yeah. many other people won't think that. Um, but no, as I said, I, I, uh, I've, I've had some health scares, as, as people know. I'm on a I'm trying to, uh, you know, uh, walk every day now on on, on a, a cross trainer and a walker that I have, uh, losing weight. But I, I feel fit and uh, and uh, excited about things. And and as I said, that will keep me going. So uh, even though I might look sixty, I don't feel it. <laughs> so do you see? Do you see yourself going beyond? Do you, you going to twenty? Well, again, that, that I, I I'm never ever presumptuous or arrogant enough to be. Uh, presumptuous. I, I like to, 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 to give people the opportunity to uh, assess what you've done and assess what, what you're doing. And, and I, I guess, you know, um, I, and by the way, it's a, it's a democratic process within the Labour Party. It always has been, always will be. So there'll be people that think I'm doing well. There'll be think, people thinking that I'm not doing so well. And, you know, I will think about it when I get nearer the time, whether I will put myself forward. But I, I've got two and a half years left. Uh, or thereabouts and as I said I've got uh, you know I'm really excited about the housing company that we're setting up because it's going to be absolutely transformational not only on what we do about building houses and the way we're doing it um, but it, it's going to be a bespoke opportunity for people to get on the housing on the housing offer in terms of with the different offers that, offers that we've got 
but it's also going to be as a business case and, and a, so it's going to be dealing with the social need for housing but it's also going to be a business case we'll be building houses for sale there'll be housing for lease there'll be housing for rent to buy there'll be shared ownership there'll be building accommodation for you know people who are, who are homeless but with a bespoke package around them to help them get through things there'll be you know, bungalows being built for people to sell the properties and move in bungalows there'll be properties being built big properties three and four bedroom properties for people who can foster children that saves us money so in all of the ways we do it, we're talking about 10,000 houses yep. um, and, and we're going to be looking at that over an eight to ten year uh, period. So really it's called exciting. Foundations, isn't it? It's called Foundations, the housing company. Do, do you know of anyone else who's done this? this the smaller uh, housing companies that people have set up, I don't know you know, how many, but nowhere near on this scale or no one you know, doing it in the way that we're doing it. Because yeah. we're actually going to be having a, uh, a sort of uh, development arm where we actually sell, as I said, houses that we build, but that will help cross-subsidise and support the development and building of houses and keep rents low, but to help people get on the housing ladder. You know, we've got uh, a clear demand, but there's not enough supply. And so what we want to do is take the opportunity that we have, because we've got lots of, of brownfield sites within the city uh, that we can build on. And, you know, we've got planning permission for about 4,000 houses already, so, and as I said, that demand is there. So we've got to help people now. We want to keep people here in the city too. And so, you know, we can help young people, single people as well as, you know, or, or single parents and, and stuff and whatever, help them uh, become homeowners. And it stabilises communities. One that we're also going to be doing is looking at places like Kensington and Warbrecht and Anfield, where there's boarded up properties or, or landlords are buying them dead cheap. Uh, we're going to be looking at buying them as well to provide stable communities and to give people accommodation and homes. So there'll be more of the homes for the pound. We'll be looking at providing some grants for people as well. So there's a mixture of things that we're doing. Do you think in those places like like Kensington, those wards, that, that it's it's gone by it's fallen by the wayside in terms of what developers have been allowed to do with with houses? These sort of so many HMO properties and these kind of transient communities. Yeah, People in Kensington it, would say it, that's sort of pulled it, the, Absolutely, the it, and they're right, aren't they? They're right, it's absolutely right, because, you know, we see some properties where people of, uh, you know, uh, you know, dodgy landlords, you know, that's why it was great that we brought in the private licensing scheme for landlords. Um, but, you know, dodgy landlords will put two lots of families in a three-bedroom house and stuff, whatever, you know, and, you know that can't be right, and, 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 you know, without any support, that's why... You know, I've been critical, very critical of the government in terms of uh, uh, allowing for us, for instance, the way they deal with, with the likes of Seiko and others who, who, who deal with the asylum seekers. And they allow them to buy up in, in, in areas like Kensington uh, and Anfield, you know, cheaper properties and then put families in there to make money. And, th- and that's, that's wrong and it's got to stop and we can... We can actually do that and, and, and change, you know, and support communities sustaining themselves for the future. So we can do all of that with the new housing company. So it's a really exciting opportunity. In fact, I'd argue that it's probably the most exciting thing that I've been able to do or will be able to do as leader. Brilliant. Well, what perhaps the second most exciting thing you could be able to do is to have a, a live echo debate with uh, the boss of Weatherspoons, Tim mm-hmm. Martin, who's been on to us today and uh, said that he'd love to take you up on that opportunity. I'd like to get you on record saying that you'd, you would take him oh, on. Oh, I'd love to, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've got no, no problem uh, debating 
uh, with uh, anybody that that is a little England uh, as as he is. You know, he's clearly uh, on on record and shows his ignorance of places like Liverpool and other, you know, other places, and and simply argues the fact that that you know. Um, that Europe is to blame for austerity and Europe is blamed for the problems that, that cities like Grimsby or uh, towns like Grimsby or, or, or whatever face. And the reality is it isn't. The central governments are to blame for, for the problems that we face here. And, you know, I hope he's going to be able to tell us all where and how we're going to pay for the £50 billion that is going to be estimated. And that's a Conservative estimate, by the way. And I say that in, in, a, in a flippant way, because Conservative, both political and, in, mm. in, in, in a way, Conservative, well, there's yeah. more... Yeah, exactly, because there's more money to be paid. And, you know, if you look at the £350 million that we were supposed to be getting a week... Uh, for our health service then you know we could have built not only around about another hundred hospitals but also staffed them uh, so I hope he's got you know explanations as to that but, but you, you won't know, be doing it over one of his breakfasts will you? I certainly won't because um, <laughs> uh, whilst uh, Weatherspoons, in, in fairness to them usually do uh, decent uh, d- decent pints and, and decent food I won't be uh, going in there with them to, to, to have a drink. We'll, we'll bring you both in here, a neutral venue. I think that's more, than happy, best, so. more than happy um, to debate with him or anybody else uh, yeah. on the issues of Europe. Uh, and as a, a, a European uh, and a proud European, as someone who always will be a proud European, I look forward to it. Okay, brilliant. The, the last one I just wanted to say is that you've you painted a picture of, of both an, ex, an exciting future but mm-hmm. a deeply challenging mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think... Perhaps you've answered this one in the most exciting thing is possible, possibly the housing company. What's the single biggest challenge that, you, that you're going to face over the next couple of years? I think seriously get, trying to get through the, the, the financial challenges. There's nobody, you know, when you, you, you said to me before about, you know, uh, how long do you do every day? Well, you know, every day I'm talking to officers about how we manage uh, the, the services. You know, the, look, the, the, when I said to you before, the 30 million that we've got to find for this year and then. 60 million to find for the following two years. I did say, you know, and, and I think you've been at Cabinet when I've talked about the, the pressure on children's service as well. That's eight million quid, eight million pounds, you know, and that that alone is like, you know, three uh, percent on on your council tax to in order to pay for that. Um, and the fact of the matter is, every single day I'm trying to work through that. So that's an enormous challenge for us because. It's, it's trying to explain to people as well why we can't do things or why we have to do things in a certain way. You know, I mean, the children's centres and the libraries, we're keeping open and we have tried to keep open, but we're doing them in a different way. The libraries, for instance, a couple of them, but the vast majority of them are still open and we're trying to get, you know, voluntary sector and we're trying to get people merged in there with them and going in there with them to keep them open. So every single day is a challenge to do that. And, and you know, sometimes I do... Uh, worry about how, how we're going to make ends meet um, but that's why we have to grow the city, grow the economy, create new businesses in order to get business rates in that is you know complementary if you like supplements the council tax and without that you know we won't be able to survive so that's a that's a, a major challenge, a challenge that we face every single day and that's my biggest worry. Okay, brilliant. Well, Jonathan, thank you very much for being the first guest of our uh, new podcast, and uh, we'll have to get you in again in the future, but we'll probably next time see you in, uh, not a Weatherspoons, but somewhere for a, a debate with, with Mr. Martin. Look forward to it. Thanks very much, Joe. Cheers. You're welcome. Brilliant. There you go. Okay. Uh, uh, listening to...